Okay, good morning everybody. So today we're going to, uh, as as per our uh, normal custom, we're going to uh, ask a couple of Shailas, and you'll tell me which one of these Shailas you would like to speak about. Um, so the Shailas are as follows. Um, when I was in Eretz Yisrael last week, I uh, spoke in a number of yeshivas, I gave a shirim in a bunch of different yeshivas, and the guys were sharing their various experiences uh, with me and uh, after the shir, and in one of the yeshivas, a boy came over to me and he told me that he had paid a shiva visit to a family of a fallen soldier. And uh, the family had shared the following shayla that they had. Apparently, this family of the fallen soldier, um, the soldier was in a, a very elite combat unit. He was an active military. He was not a reservist who was, uh, who was called up. And he was uh, already doing uh, things in the army, um, doing missions in the army prior to October 7th, prior to the beginning of the Simchus Torah War. And it happened that on Erev Yom Kippur, he realized that he wasn't going to make it home for Yom Kippur. And he texted his father and he said, I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to be home for Yom Kippur. And his father said, well, do you have a machzor? Do you have a talis? And he said, yes, I do. And he showed him a picture in his tank of his machzor and his talis or whatever, uh, wherever he was. And, uh, and, and that night, he happened to uh, being the religious soldier in his, uh, in his unit. He led uh, Kal Nidre, for the uh, for his platoon for his group of soldiers, one of the other soldiers who was not Shomer Torah Mitzvos was not Dati um, was so moved by the vision by the image of uh, this fellow leading uh, Kal Nidre that you know in his talis and with his machzor and his army uniform uh, he took a picture of it and uh, and he sent it to the parents. And uh, this picture was taken on Yom Kippur. So uh, the parents at the time wanted to know. Now, a few weeks later, unfortunately, very, very sadly, this, uh, this soldier has passed away. He was, uh, he was murdered and uh, he was killed in battle. And, uh, and now the family wants to know, can they use that picture? Can they take that picture, make it, uh, you know, enlarge it and hang it on their wall, frame it, hang it on their wall? Or is there a problem in doing so? Because, uh, because it was a picture, you know, that was taken by a Jew on Yom Kippur. So is that uh, problematic in terms of getting Hana'ah from Malacha done uh, by a Jew? That is uh, Shaila number one. Shaila number two, we have in Yeshiva um, a program uh, that's been around for many, many years called JSS. So JSS is for is a program for uh, students who do not have a very strong uh, religious background, have pretty much no religious background, and they do various things, uh, you know, t- teaching uh, fundamentals of Judaism. It's essentially a Kirov program within the yeshiva, and one of the things that they've been doing, one of the activities that they've been doing with the JSS students is tying tzitzis for chayalim. It's not only the JSS students, you know, everyone from the JSS students to yesterday I say two days ago in the base medrash toward the end of morning seder, guys came over to me and said, "Rebbe, do you see what Rav Shachter is doing?" I see he's sitting in the front of the base medrash. He learns all day, every day, seven days a week in our yeshiva all day long. And he was sitting in the front of the base medrash at his makom, except he wasn't learning. He was tying tzitzis on a green baguette. So uh, you know, the, the 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 guys came over to Rav Shachter and they said. Rebbe, should we be doing this now, like during morning Seder? He said, I finished preparing for Shir. So if you finish preparing for Shir, Chayelim need Tzitzis. How could we leave them without Tzitzis if they want Tzitzis? So uh, so it's not only the JSS students. Rav Shechter was also, uh, also tying Tzitzis. The Rebetzin sent pictures to some of the Talmidim that she just walked into his office at home and he's sitting there tying Tzitzis on green begadim. He feels that it's a mitzvah, because there's just such a demand for it that we got to keep doing it until, uh, until every soldier has the 
the tzitzis that they uh, that they need. So if you have the ability to do it, so good, so go and do it. But anyway, that's not the shaila. The shaila is JSS kid was making tzitzis, and uh, w- they realized that one of the students in the program is in the process of undergoing a gear luchumra. So uh, can he make tzitzis? And if he did, uh, what do you do with those tzitzis? Meaning, if he did, or what if he did, and it was, uh, and, and they had this particular uh, uh, permutation of it. Everyone makes tzitzis, and they put it in a big bin where they collect all the tzitzis. So once one pair of tzitzis was made by this uh, this student who may not be Jewish, and it was put in the big bin with all the other tzitzis. So are all the tzitzis possible, or do you assume that uh, you know it's batal barov? Like how do you do? It? How do you, do you distribute uh, the tzitzis, uh, that pile of tzitzis? A third shayla, a little bit related to each of the first two. It's one that brings the first two together almost. Um, in, in this uh, tzitzis making program, they told uh, the students that, look, you know, it's very important to tie tzitzis, but you're not allowed to tie tzitzis on Shabbos. Uh, that is not uh, permissible. Um, apparently one of the students missed that announcement, and he was all excited about this uh, tzitzis tying program. And after Shabbos, he came in with a couple of pairs of tzitzis that he had managed to tie over the course of Shabbos, which is an obvious violation of Chil Shabbos. It's many malachas daraisa each time he uh, violates malach of kosher. So, uh, so the shaila is. Um, are, the, are such tzitzis kosher? So it's a combination of the first two, right? Because the first shaila was about Maisa Shabbos, Malacha done by a, by a Jew on Shabbos, and the second shaila was about tzitzis, and the third shaila was about Maisa Shabbos and tzitzis together. So uh, let's take a quick vote uh, which, which shaila you'd like to speak about. So again, the choices are to speak about the chayal whose picture, was, the fallen soldier's picture was taken on Yom Kippur, and whether they're allowed to uh, use that picture. Shaila number two about uh, the, uh, the the student who's undergoing Gir Lechumru made tzitzis and then put it in the big pile of uh, other tzitzis. And Shaila number three about the student who was so excited about tying tzitzis that he did so even on Shabbos. So if you could use the chat to uh, to vote. I see people are voting which one to uh, to do. Let's see what we have over here. Three, one, two is answered in Mishmaris Chaim according to Tosi Yom Tov. Okay. Um, the uh, three, one, 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 three, one, three, two, one, one, one. It looks like one is the uh, is the uh, the winning uh, the winning vote. Okay, so I guess we'll uh, we'll go with one, um, unless anyone else wants to vote that hasn't voted yet. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go with Shadow number one. What was Shadow number one? That was the picture of the fallen soldier. Yeah, that was number one, right? That was the first one we did. Okay, so let's discuss that sugya a little bit, the picture of the fallen soldier. Meaning what this boils down to is... um is is Maisa Shabbos, meaning uh, someone did Melacha on Shabbos. So what are the Halachas? So Maisa Shabbos, meaning uh, m- there are many, many, many Shailas that come up relating to uh, to this sugya. So the background is as follows. There is a Gemara in Meseches Chulin on Dav Tezvav that tells us that you're not allowed to get any Hana'ah from Melacha that's done on Shabbos by a Jew. And the Gemara has a three-way Machlokas, um, they're going from the most Mekil to the most uh, Machmir, about uh, what the rules are exactly. And the the basic factors are uh, are whether it was done b'shogeg or done b'mezid, and the other factor is, uh, you know, as far as determining the halacha, um, in, in, I'm sorry, the factors are whether it was done b'shogeg or b'mezid, as far as how the halacha plays out, there are two permutations. There's the issue of is it mutter to get benefit on Shabbos or only after Shabbos or never, and then there's the issue of for whom, for the person who did the malacha versus for other people. So Rameyer Shita is that if the malacha was done 
unintentionally done b'shogeg, both the guy who did the melacha and everybody else can get hanoa from that melacha even on Shabbos. And even if the melacha was done b'mezid, they're all allowed to get hanoa from the melacha. Um, the the the, the uh, both he and all others are not allowed to get hanoa from the melacha on Shabbos, but are allowed to get hanoa from the melacha. After Shabbos, so Rameir is the most makel shita, right? Rameir holds that it, whether it was b'shogeg, whether it was b'mezid, we make no distinction according to Rameir. It's uh, if it was done. I'm sorry, wh- whether it was whether when it was whether it's the person who did the malacha, whether it's for so, it's the person who didn't do the malacha. If it's b'shogeg, they're all allowed to get hanav from it immediately, and if it's b'mezid, then they're allowed to get hanav from it as soon as Shabbos is over. Uh, if we pause right there. If we were to hold like Rabbi Meir, you don't even have a Shailah over here, L'chora. Meaning, Malacha was done. Uh, uh, do you call it Shogig? Do you call it Mezid? Let's assume we'll call it Mezid, right? The guy knows that you're not supposed to take pictures on, uh, that a Dati person doesn't take pictures on, uh, on Yom Kippur. Okay, so he did Malacha B'Mezid. And the Halacha is that everybody, both he and anybody who, uh, else, is allowed to benefit from that Malacha on Motsai Shabbos, so it would be no problem once Yom Kippur is over for this family to uh, to use that picture. That would be Shitas Rabbi Meir. But now let's move on. Second Shita, we're not going to do the third Shita because no one possibly like the third Shita, but let's go to the second Shita. Rabbi Yehuda holds that if the Malacha was done Bishogeg, then no one could, be- could benefit from it on Shabbos. However, everyone could benefit from it after Shabbos. But if the Malacha was done B'mezid, the guy who did the malacha is never allowed to benefit from the malacha ever, even after Shabbos. But everybody else can benefit from it after Shabbos. Now, if we were to hold like Rabbi Yehuda, again, let's assume this is a malacha that was done b'mezid, right? The person did the malacha b'mezid. The halacha would be, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that the fellow who took the picture, the friend who took the picture, is never allowed to get hanar from that picture. However. Everybody else is allowed to get Hana'a from that picture. And L'chora, it would therefore be Mutter. It would seem that this would not be a problem. Now, it, 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 it's almost irrelevant at this point how we paskin, whether we paskin like Rabbi or Rabbi Yehuda, because in, in, in any event, uh, you're ele- the, the family should be allowed to get Hana'a from this uh, from this picture, the Torah quotes Machlokas Rishonim had a paskin Shulchan Aruch in Shin Yud Chesif Aleph paskins like Rabbi Yehuda that if a melacha was done b'shogeg everyone could get hanav from it on Matzai Shabbos and if it was done b'mezid it's usher uh, for the uh, for the guy who did it forever but it's mutter for everyone else on Matzai Shabbos so the, like the more machmir of the two shitos and the Gura quotes is quoted in the Mishabur and Sifkat Zayin to paskin like Rabbi Meir that if a melacha was done b'shogeg Everyone can get benefit from it right away, and if it was done amazing, everyone get enough from it after Shabbos. And the Mishabura says, Ah, oh, but Makamat Sorech, you could be making like the Grammar Line Rameir. But all that's academic, it's irrelevant for us. Because the bottom line is that Bain Rameir, Bain Rabbi Yehuda, if a Malach was done amazing, other people are allowed to get Hana'a from that Malacha. So it seems that. Um, that there shouldn't be any issue here whatso, uh, whatsoever. Uh, so even so, someone just posted in the chat: Is it even called Hana'a? Right? Is seeing a picture Hana'a? Is watching, looking at something called Hana'a? We don't even have to get into that conversation Lichora at this point because everything's mutter. It's totally mutter. So so let's uh, let's 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 reassess that because um, can we say uh, that it's totally that it's totally mutter? Meaning, um, uh, let me let me just uh, add a, a, a data. Point over here. 
Um, the uh, fellow who, uh, the Talmud in uh, the yeshiva who went to be Menachem Avel, told me that the father uh, said at the shiva visit that they had initially asked their rabbi uh, before the son had died, when they first got the picture after Yom Kippur, they had initially asked the rabbi if they were allowed to look at the picture, and the rabbi said no at that time, before the son had died. So if it's an open and shut case, that it's absolutely mutter, that Bein Rameir, Bein Rabiuda, and we either possibly like Rameir Rabiuda, that, that it's mutter, why in the world would the rabbi have said no? Now, I don't know, I didn't speak to the rabbi, but maybe it's as follows. Maybe the basis for his initial psak, and we'll get to what he said at the end, well, I might as well say it right now, after the kid had died, um, the rabbi changed his psak. They asked again, and he said, now you're allowed to. Um, so the the question becomes like why would that change the psak? What may my kasavar my kasavar? Right? Why did he think initially it's a problem? It seems like like an open and shut case that it's not a problem. And then like why did he think that that problem went away just you know after the child after the the nebuch the uh, the brave chayal was uh, was killed in battle? So the um, the the it might be as follows. The Beis Yosef quotes Machlokas. When we say you're allowed to get Hana'ah from a Malacha done by a Jew after Shabbos is over, which is which is Shitas Rabbi Yudah, you got to wait till after Shabbos, but after Shabbos is over, you can get Hana'ah from the Malacha. It's also Shitas Rameir, right? Meaning both Rabbi Yudah and Rameir would agree that you'd have to wait till after Shabbos is over. When we say they have to wait till after Shabbos is over, how much after Shabbos is, is over? So according to the Rambam, you're allowed to get Hana'ah from the Malacha as soon as Shabbos is over, meaning the moment Shabbos ends. However, Rashi writes that no, you're only allowed to get Hana'ah from the Malacha yasu, in the amount of time after Shabbos that it would take to do that Malacha. And the shulch, so, so let's, let's pause there for a moment. Shayasu. How long would it take you after Yom Kippur to do the malacha of producing such a picture? How long would that take? So one could make the argument, I don't know, how long does it take to snap your finger on your uh, smartphone to take a picture? Yeah, but of what? You're only taking a picture because there was something actually happening. There was, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a chayal leading uh, Kol Nidre, and that, that doesn't happen uh, all the time, meaning if it's not happening in this moment, you could never do it. You'll never be able to reproduce that picture. So it could be Bikdesh Yasu is forever. Normally Bikdesh Yasu is, you know, uh, uh, that, 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 you know, someone cooked something. That's the Simon Shin Yilches is about Bishul B'Shabbos. So that's like the classic example, right? That someone cooked something. How long would it take to cook that same item after Shabbos? Okay, you can measure such a thing. But if it's capturing a moment in time, that moment in time is never capturable again. It's never going to be able to be captured again. Maybe Bikdesh Shayasu is forever. So if, 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 if that's the case, then you understand that if we're going to paskin like Rashi, that you understand that Sa'ad Lahachmir over here, then maybe you can never have a Bikdei Shayasu. But the thing is, Shulchanach doesn't paskin like Rashi. Shulchanach paskins like the Rambam. That how long do you have to wait? Immediate. You don't have to wait Bikdei Shayasu even. So, so the question then becomes, so what is the Tzad Lahachmir over here? If you don't even have to wait, where does Bikdei Shayasu come? Let's maybe even back up a step.
that. Where does Bikdash Yasu come from? So there is, everyone agrees there is such a concept, but that's when Malacha is done by a non-Jew. If a non-Jew does Malacha for you on Shabbos, in order to get Hanar from that Malacha, you need to wait to Bikdash Yasu, the amount of time it would take to do that Malacha. So the Taz in Shin Ches explains why by a non-Jew do you need to wait Bikdash Yasu, and whereas when a Jew does Malacha, you don't need to wait Bikdash Yasu, because there is an Isra called Amir Lenachri, and people sometimes don't take that Isra seriously enough. Uh, I always um, like to quote Rabbi Saul Reisman said that uh, when he was growing up, there used to be an Isra called Amir Lenachri. It seems that people now think there's a Heter called Amir Lenachri. Amir Lenachri is not a Heter, it's an Isra. There's an Isra Drabban called Amir Lenachri. And since people don't take it seriously, we're afraid that if we're going to allow you to get a hana'a from Lacha done by a Nachri for you on Shabbos, as soon as Shabbos is over, nothing will prevent you from asking the Nachri to do these Malachas for you. But with a Jew, there's no... So, so we, we institute Bikdei Sheyasu so that there will be no benefit in asking him to do it on Shabbos. Since you're going to have to wait anyway, so you might as well ask him to do it after Shabbos. Right? That's the concept of Bikdei Sheyasu. So says the Taz, there's no need to institute such a thing for a Jew doing Malacha. Because if a Jew does Malacha for you, you're never going to come to ask him to do it. Why would, you would never ask a Jew to do Malacha for you. So it was totally unnecessary. We're not worried that you're going to come to ask a Jew. Magin Avram has a slightly different twist on it. He says, not that we don't think you're going to ask a Jew, we don't think a Jew's going to listen to you. You're going to ask a Jew to do malacha. Why would a Jew ever listen to you to, to do malacha? So that's why there's no reason to uh, those are different, very different formulations, right? Meaning the formulation of the Taz is we don't have to worry that you're going to ask a Jew because who would ever ask a Jew to do malacha? The formulation of the Magen Avram is I, I may be worried that you'll ask a Jew, but you know what I'm not worried about? I'm not worried that he will listen, that he will actually do the malacha. Ooh, wait a second. What if I am worried that he will listen? What if he's the kind of person that would listen if you ask him to do malacha? What would such an example be of the kind of person who would listen if you ask him to do such a malacha? Someone who just doesn't mind doing malachos in general on Shabbos. That's how he lives his life. He always does malachos on Shabbos. So maybe, maybe, according to the Magin Avram's understanding of the Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch, even though the Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rambam, that you don't need to wait Bikadei Sheyasu. The only reason you don't need to wait Bikadei Sheyasu is because the person uh, would never would never listen to you to do Malacha. But if it's a Jew who would listen to you to do Malacha, then maybe you do need to wait Bikadei Sheyasu. So it might turn out, if we pause it over here, it might turn out that it's a machlokas between the Magen Avram and the Taz, whether he's allowed to get Hana'a from this Malacha. So let's sort of recap step by step over here, because it's a lot, right? So step number one, we said, Bein Rameir, Bein Rabbi Yehuda, a Jew does Malacha on Shabbos, you're allowed to get Hana'a from that Malacha after Shabbos. No problems over here whatsoever. Step number two, we said, Ooh, but wait, Shitas Rashi is that you need to wait Bikdei Sheyasu. So maybe now you do need to, and, and Bikdei Sheyasu will never happen because it's a capture of a moment in time. 
but then we said, no, but we paskin like the Rambam, that you don't need to wait B'Kadesh Yasu. Then back in the other direction, we said, yeah, maybe we paskin like the Rambam, but why do you not need to wait B'Kadesh Yasu? If you hold like the Magen Ram, it's because you think he's never going to listen to you if you ask him to do Malacha. But someone who will listen to you, maybe you do have to wait B'Kadesh Yasu. And therefore, it would turn out that it's a Machlok as Taz and Magen Ram. And Mishabura quotes both the Taz and the Magen Ram. Wow. Okay. So now we 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 have we see why there's there's room for for a machlokas over here. Happens to be the prima gadim is masubak about this. Prima gadim is not sure how to paskin. Should we say that when you when a non-religious Jew does malacha for you, you need to wait bekdeshe yasu, or should we not say that you need to wait bekdeshe yasu? Another uh, factor, tzad lahachmir over here is a uh, comment of the Ksav Sofer, a shita of the Ksav Sofer. Ksav Sofer, of course, was the son of the uh, Chassam Sofer and the Memalimakam of the Chassam Sofer. And the Ksav Sofer uh, adds a point over here that if you have a Jew who always cooks for you uh, and he cooks for you on Shabbos, that food is aser, not pekdesh yasu, it's aser forever. And he explains that the whole reason you're allowed to get hanav from food after Shabbos is because you'll never ask the guy to cook for you, um, or, or he'll never listen to you, right? The Magen Avram said he'll never listen to you. But if he does it on a permanent basis, and, that, and he doesn't care about Shabbos, meaning that's his job, he's always cooking for you, and he's a chef who works for you, and he's not from, then it's going to be aser, again, not B'Kadesh Yasu, but forever. So you're never going to be allowed to get hanav from that malacha. Uh, Rav Tzip Pesach Frank disagrees with this Ksav Sofer in Tshuvas Hartzvi, Simon Kuf Pei, and he says that, you know, it's, it's an interesting idea that the Ksav Sofer is saying that if he's a moomer who happens to work for you, that, uh, that, that it's going to be us forever. It's a fascinating concept Problem is, uh, it, it you know it doesn't appear in earlier poskim, and the Ksav Sofer is not authorized to make his own gzeros. So it says Rizpi Pesach Frank, you can't make up your own gzero that doesn't exist anywhere else. So uh, Rizpi Pesach Frank does not think you have to be machmer like the uh, Ksav Sofer. So this obviously is very very relevant. This Ksav Sofer is very very relevant. You know, uh, if if uh, if 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 uh, uh, a Jew. Um, who is not religious, writes an article or does on, on Shabbos, um, are you ever allowed to read it? So according to Tzvi Pesach Frank, never. According to the Prima Gadim, Machlok is Magen Avram and the Taz, whether you need to wait B'Kadesh Yasu, or, or you could just get Hana immediately. So now we understand why the rabbi said originally no, and then eventually yes. Right? It could be that originally he said, again, I don't even know who the rabbi is, and I don't know if any of this was his thinking. This is all conjecture. Right? But it could be that originally he said, no, you're not allowed to get Hanah from it, either because he held like the Ksaf Sofer, that when a mumar does malacha for, uh, for a Jew, then for, for a religious Jew, then you're never, ever allowed to get Hanah from it. Or because he held like the Magen Avram, that you need to wait if he's the kind of person that would listen if you asked him to do malacha, and maybe he held up by a picture, there is no because it's capturing a moment in time. Why would the halacha change 
why would the halacha change when uh, when the when the when the person uh, when the person dies when uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son the soldier the soldier falls in battle? So very simple, the halacha would change simply because bishasachak you could rely on the taz, and the taz is the simple reading of the Tanaim, and it's the simple reading of the Shulchan Aruch that there's simply no gzera of and you're allowed to get hana from the halacha immediately. One might also argue that it is Bikdesh Yasu, that just because it's capturing a moment in time, it doesn't mean that we define Bikdesh Yasu as, uh, as you know, being able to reproduce that moment in time. It could be, it would be defined as how long it took to do the Malacha. And uh, it takes very quick to do the Malacha. So you have Bikdesh Yasu. So it could be that he was willing to rely on those Svaros when it comes to when it comes to uh, Nebuch- grieving parents, who uh, that's the image that they have of their uh, of their child. That's the lasting image that they want to have of their child, maintaining his religious commitment and davening to the Ribbon Shalom, you know, in his army uniform while protecting Am Yisrael, while, while protecting while protecting Klal Yisrael. Now, the 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 other point that needs to be made that someone raised in the chat is is looking. Um, at a at a picture, is that even considered hanaa? Right, meaning, uh, do you view that as uh, as as hanaa from uh, from from uh, from from a malacha? Um, that you know, you're just looking; you're not actively using anything. What this reminded me of um, is uh, I once got a shaila at a talmud who was applying to medical school, and he um, and he he wanted to know. Uh, he needed. He wanted to get some some good um, uh, something good on his resume that's unique and that's different. So there was at the time there was something called the bodies exhibit that that was going on. Um, uh, if you remember this, they they, they were taking bodies uh, of like Chinese prisoners or something, and they were you know, dead bodies, and they were like posing them in like you know the Heisman stance or like you know opening them up and showing like the. Uh, the, the anatomy and like it was like an exhibit of bodies that people can just go and and look at. So uh, the Shaila was he wanted to be a docent at the bodies exhibit. A docent I I, I then discovered at that time means like a tour guide um, at, in a museum. Um, I didn't know what the word even even meant. That's how you get an education when people ask Shailas. So uh, so he wanted to be a docent at the bodies exhibit. He thought that would look really good on his medical school application. So Shailas is the bodies exhibit even mutter. So you know. Let it get hana from uh, from a, from a mace, possibly. It's a more complicated uh, shaila than that. These are may say akum and whatever. But uh, the shaila is um, is is that even called hana when you're just looking? You're just uh, you're just looking at the uh, at the body. So is that is that called hana? So at the time, Rabbi Bleich Shlita wrote uh, wrote an article on that topic, in, uh, and it's been it was later published in his book in Contemporary Halachic Problems. So I don't remember exactly uh, exactly what he said, but that's what it reminded me of. You know, all, all the riots he brings there are probably uh, relevant over here. Whether seeing something is considered an, uh, uh without any mar you know, kol mar v'reach in me'ila, but that could just be that it's not an isra me'ila when you see something. But uh, but without with, without that, I would assume that that's the very hana'a one is supposed to get from a picture. Meaning it could be that uh, if you enjoy looking at food, that that's not not called Hana'a. I mean, it's a Shaila, similar Shaila when it comes to Basa B'chalav, right? You're not allowed to get Hana'a from Basa B'chalav. Are you allowed to watch a cooking show? 
where they're cooking basar b'chalav, you know, on the food channel. So is that called hana'a from basar b'chalav that you're that you're watching? So it could be that that's so shaloke derech hana'a, meaning looking at a cheeseburger in a commercial and uh, enjoying the uh, sizzling uh, look of that cheeseburger, which from what I understand is not at all what an actual uh, McDonald's cheeseburger uh, looks like. But uh, but 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 if uh, one enjoys looking at that, so one could argue that that's not called. Hana'a uh, at 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 all, but in a picture where like that's the point of a picture, like is to in, enjoy looking at it, a piece of art or something like that. One could argue that that is called hana'a. So in the end of the day, the psak that this family got was that they are allowed to uh, to use the picture, and it's mistaver that uh, that that you know it makes a lot of sense considering, like we said, considering everything that they went through and considering that there are uh, the simple reading of the gemara and the simple reading of the shulchan aruch would suggest that they're allowed to use it. Just Agav, once we talk about, um, you know, Hanaf from Lach Shabbos, this relates to the soldier, uh, to the JSS student tying tzitzis on Shabbos, right? Because it's also Malach of Yisrael done uh, you could argue Bishoge because he probably didn't know he's Mamish has no education didn't know that there's such a malacha called kosher on uh, on Shabbos he missed the announcement that you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos so uh, so malacha done by Yisrael for another Jew and and you have the additional element when it comes to tzitzis that uh, it could be that a soldier using that tzitzis is not called hanaa there's a principle mitzvos lavle hanos nitnu which means that uh, the pleasure one gets of doing a mitzvah, the, the pleasure of a kiyum a mitzvah, is not called hana'a vis-a-vis isurei hana'a. When things are also hana'a, that's not called that you're uh, that you're getting hana'a. So uh, it would be a much bigger problem for the non-Jewish student tying tzitzis, because that's beferish in the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch, that if non-Jew ties tzitzis, that it's possible. Right? So that would be a much bigger problem. And does it become batal berov in the pile? That's a much more interesting uh, discussion, whether you apply bitl to give something a... a, a uh, a positive attribute of l'shma, or does bittel only negate a negative attribute, like uh, like like uh, nevel or treif or something like that? But uh, that's a bigger discussion, and I guess we'll have to reserve that for a for a different time.